This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say, what's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. See you later. Welcome to the Wednesday week. I'm Vic and I am in your ears thanks to our sponsors at the Riverside Cafe with its outside bar now open on match days. I've certainly picked an interesting week to try my hand at hosting this thing. I'm sure it'll be a nice quiet one. We'll all be done in 10 and we can get back to bed before EastEnders starts. I've got a lovely bunch of podcasters on the line for you tonight. So without further ado, Mr. Daniel Fudge. Hello, Mr. Daniel Fudge is present. Uh, I feel like I feel it's got a very school feel to it, like... Uh... Present, miss. Oh, well, yeah. if you want me to get my cane out, Fudge, uh, that, can, that can be arranged. Um, <laughs> next on the line, everyone's favourite naughty schoolboy, it's Mr. Marriott. Hello. It's actually one of the nicest things I've been called for a while. Naughty schoolboy, I like that. I get that with you, though. Do you not, do you not feel like a naughty schoolboy a lot of the time? I could see you in the little cap. With the little socks up to your oh, knees. Sorry, I was just updating my Tinder. Naughty schoolboy. <laughs> right, so let's kick off with a chat about the Wigan game. Um, to be honest, it's probably not the brightest start to a season we've ever had, is it? Um, I'm still fuming about a certain sending off. James, I'm guessing you were sober enough to remember stuff that happened. You were there. Hit us with it. Um, well, I mean, it was pretty shit from the away end. What was it like on the radio? <laughs> yeah, great question. Ah, ah, ah. Right, okay. Um, 
Strap yourselves in then. I've got a fair bit here. I wrote, I wrote a bit of a rant in the car on the way back. Uh, first thing I'm going to say is that... It's <laughs> I hope the, you weren't driving. <laughs> it's, I, was, I wasn't driving. That, that would have been slightly dangerous. Um, it's the first game of the season. We've got a long time to put it right. And there were some very silly things that were said there. The season isn't over yet. Um, you know, we're not terrible. The manager isn't clueless. And um, I think we'll have learned a lot of lessons and we will come back better. Um at least, I always try and justify sometimes when we lose games like this, right? At least we were crap and lost rather than we were good and lost. Because I think if you play well and still lose, then you've probably got bigger problems. It's clear that things went wrong and we've got to hope that they can put that right quickly. There's some positives. Other positives, Zhao looked good when he came on. Um, Bannon and Fessy looked quite good. Although I don't think Fessy really had any idea what was going on around him. And Forestieri's goal was actually a bit of a masterpiece. That was lovely. That was very, very good. So they're the positives. Do you want the did negatives? You, did you have a nice pie? Or, I mean, can we just keep going <laughs> with the positives? Is it so uh, well, they reckon, right, that the pies at Wigan are the best pies in the Football League. And I can confirm... Who, who reckons this? Aren't they no, they, all they, do, they do a survey. Um, do after, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they do, a, like, a, every season they do a survey, Wigan win. Uh, having tried one of their pies, I can tell you that it's a right load of shit. Because it was... <laughs> It was absolutely crap. It was a cheese pie, right? And I thought it'd be like cheese and something. It was just literally melted cheese in a pie. It was that rubbish. That sounds like heaven. Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that very good at like all. It wasn't. Just it like wasn't a block good. of cheese. I wish it, it was. No, but it, it, it wasn't. It was that stupid American cheese. Like, you know, them Al's um, Americas, the stuff that they put on the breakfast and stuff. It was like, like that. Like Monterey Jack shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like liquidy cheese. I just um, walking to the match, talking of pies... Walking around past the ground the other night to go and film my bit for Sky TV, in case you didn't see that, I was on Sky. Um, I was walking past, and there's a little sandwich shop on Leppings Lane called Traces, Traces, and they sell, on a match day, for like £4 odd, a butty with a pie, chips, and mushy peas in the middle. Like, I mean, come <laughs> on. Mighty. Come on. Yeah, they're they're supposed to be a thing things. now, aren't they? Pie butties oh, are a thing. A pie butty. Yeah, but there's a pie butty, and then there's like the uber pie butty that comes with chips and mushy peas in the middle. Like, that's just obscene, isn't it? Dear Lord. That's like when uh, people have lasagna, garlic bread, and chips. That's just yeah. too much. Sorry. <laughs> Wigan. Wigan. You're, li- you're listening to the Pie Week, sponsored by Traces. <laughs> this is why I shouldn't be hosting. But, I mean, <laughs> am I right in thinking, James, that Hutch was up front? Yeah, I, it was it was it was a mess. Uh, the the only thing I mean, Hutch was playing. We couldn't quite work out whether Hutch was playing like a number ten role or whether he was playing some kind of like false nine. He he did seem to be really high up the pitch, which you know I'm guessing they must have worked on in training and must have thought it was going to work. But the thing that made it all the more frustrating is how utterly utterly dire we were defensively because I mean Poodle didn't really seem to know what he was doing. Um, Van Aken, I mean. I like the guy Van Aken, oh. but it looked, looked like he'd never played football before. Um, Tom Lees, uh, I, I was more frustrated with Tom Lees than anyone because he is supposed to be leading this team, right? He is the leader now. He's the captain of the team. And we were a mess, and that's his fault. He's the one that's supposed to be organising the defence from set pieces. He's supposed to be picking them up after something happens, right? And there was absolutely no communication between him and Van Aken. I mean, can you imagine, right? Imagine... I don't know, like it's a Wednesday 
team party that they're having or something and everyone sort of you know some people go to the bar and a couple of people go to the toilet or something and there's Van Aken and Lee's left sat around the table <laughs> they wouldn't say a word to each other they'd sit in awkward silence when they'd be an odd smile like it's not the dislike each other they just have absolutely nothing nothing in common they're incapable of any sort of conversation or communication that was how it it, it felt that it was just it was terrible um tom lee's has that face there that i imagine that happens with a lot of people he just doesn't look like a very friendly chap do you know what i mean i wouldn't have a conversation with him on the tram probably not but if you try to he'd probably just look at you like he doesn't understand what language you're speaking or something he's i don't i'm not sure he's capable of communication let alone leadership i mean what I, I don't know I, that that needs that needs looking at. My guess, right on 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 Saturday, was that he went with Dawson as the goalkeeper because he thought that he'd be the one that'd be quite vocal and would organise the defence. Now that didn't work either. So you know, if if that's kind of what he was going with, that was his theory as to why to go for Dawson over uh, Wildsmith over Westwood for that matter. Um, didn't it? Well, it, it, there's no way that it that it that it works. Um, in actual fact, the answer to all of those problems could well have been Hutch, because if you play him in a back three, if you make him the captain, then he might be the one that's shouting and bawling, that organises everything, and the one that can actually defend, because when he moved back to playing in the defence, he, he looked all right. He nearly got injured, you know, it looked like his game was over, but he picked himself <laughs> up and he carried on. Um, or we've got, we've got to move Reach back into the, into the middle and make him captain, because it just wasn't right on Saturday, and I can't... I, I I just I don't know I can't get across just how soul destroyingly poor it was. It was as if that was the first game of pre season, and you'd come away thinking it doesn't matter. We've got a while to turn it around. We tried something new. It didn't work. That was the first game of the season. Why did we only play three pre season friendlies? If it ends up that when the first game of the season proper comes round, we look like we're not ready. That whatever whatever logic there was in only playing three proper pre-season games. I don't care about behind closed doors friendlies. They're they're not the same thing. It didn't work. What what a shambles that was. So James, there was a um, there was a statistic that came out. Um, I think it was from the EFL account itself that said uh, shots on goal over the weekend, and Wigan topped it with 21 shots on goal. Now, is that because we were playing quite defensively and trying to keep them out and a lot of them were, uh, were uh, they went awry and they were trying from anywhere? Is it because they were playing attacking or is it because we sat back or just let them in and we were well, shambles? They, they hit the woodwork, was it twice, I think, yeah. what I saw? Uh, yeah, twice, hit, three I think, times. I, I think they hit the bar in, in, in either half. Or they certainly yeah. hit the bar in the first half, maybe post in the in the second half. There were a couple of decent saves from Dawson. I mean, it was just, it, it was, they were kind of riding on the coattails, weren't they, of promotion. And you sort of expect that, you know, we should have accounted for, for that. You know, I mentioned that last week, that it was a little bit of a worry when you're playing a team that's just come up because they're going to come at you. You know, the tails are going to be up a little bit. They're just kind of at the start of this takeover, you know, kind of, slightly positive times also I think Paul Cook is a is a relatively intelligent manager and he knows how to get the best of players particularly when they're the underdogs seems to really suit his his teams um but we um we, we weren't ready for for any of that and whatever we'd done to prepare defensively didn't work because we we all it, it was it was I'm trying not to be overly critical and actually I am being overly critical so I might as well just go for it I mean it was schoolboy <laughs> defending 
it was just, I mean, I don't... Naughty schoolboy defending. Yeah, I kind of think back to, you know, how poorly we defended against Burton last season. The only difference is that we, we looked all right in attack, so we actually scored two, but we still conceded three pretty poor goals. And, you know, every time they came forward, it, it just looked like we just didn't know what to do to stop them. And like, guys, this is Wigan. You know, if we if we can't stop Wigan, you know, we've got some more difficult games than that this season. Um Having said all of that, I still think that it's stuff that we can put right, but we've really got to put it right quickly. Whatever we tried on Saturday, it didn't work, and we've got to stop that. You know, playing Van Aken in the middle of a back three, I, I, I'm not sure that that's really going to be our answer this season. We've got to take another look at that and figure out how exactly we're going to get that 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 defence working properly. Um, and I mean. I don't know. Someone someone said to me, if someone came in with a you know a high bid for Tom Lees before the end of this week, would you take it right now? And I'm like, yep, he, he is. I would have know, taken he, it last on, season. On, in all on, honesty, on paper, he's our best defender. But on the on the back of Saturday, I'm just not sure that I, I, we've all said, haven't we? Without Leuven's, is Lees the same player? And now mm. it's not even as if he's got Leuven's in the dressing room, right? He is now. He is the Leuven's. I'm not sure he can do it. One of the obviously big talking point from the match. Oh, God. Where's the second booking for Mr. Newhue? Um, I'm not going to lie. My stream cut out at the exact point that that happened, so I have no idea what happened. Uh, after watching the match, I have no desire to watch the highlights. So can you shed a bit more light on that, James? Or, I mean, was it just, was it a handball? Was it an elbow? Was it, someone said it was because he kicked someone on the ground. Someone else said he mouthed off. I don't believe that for a second. Um, I am going to set up a campaign remember like the free deirdre stuff um <laughs> happened in coronation street and i'm going to launch launch some t-shirts and shit for free atty um but what actually happened there and was it was it a straight red because some people say it was a straight red let alone a second yellow it, it was pretty much in front of us it was quite close to us um we were more or less behind the goal although we weren't we were about halfway up the uh the stand so i say in front of us we were in line with it um I think whatever happened, he was an idiot. Uh, if it's if it's handball, then he's an idiot for punching the ball when he's on a yellow card. If he kicked the guy when he was on the ground, he's an idiot for kicking the guy when he's on the ground. Uh, what we all thought had happened when we saw it is it looked like he'd led with his, his elbow. He'd gone in with his elbow uh, and caught the guy. In which case, he's also an idiot for, for doing that. You can't, you can't lead him with your elbow. So whatever the scenario is, he's a prick. He shouldn't have done it. He's, he's, he's a prick. And he is. I he's a prick. a little bit hot. All right. Your Can team's you imagine Atty elbowing anyone? You could mug his grandma in front of him and he would be so polite and be like, excuse me, please don't do that. Like, he would never elbow anybody. I don't believe that for a second. All right. Well, that's fine. That leaves us, if, if you're going to rule that out, that leaves us with one or two options, which is either he punched the ball or he kicked the guy on the ground. Either way, he's yeah. a prick. Can, just just for the next week, I'm afraid to tell you, Vic, that officially, and this is, you know, we are now passing the Wednesday week judgment <laughs> at you, you is a prick. All right? What a stupid thing to do. Your team's 3-2 down, right, going into injury time. However crap we were, we could have, we, we were in with a chance of getting that fluky, you know, last kick of the game equaliser. So you, your star striker, what does he do? He goes and gets himself sent off. What a prick. Okay. I can shed some light on this for you, by the way. Go uh, on then, Fudge. He did get he, the second booking was because he led with the elbow. That's what it was. He, um, the first one. He wasn't Chris Morgan in it, though, was he? I mean, he was just. It, it, if I'm honest, I thought it was. Your elbow. Yeah, I thought it was Ash, but rules is rules. 
Do you know what I mean? And 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 that's it. And, and you know, I won't go as far as calling him around a prick, but you know, it was a it was a silly thing to do. <laughs> it doesn't make but him, a, him a, like a permanent point prick. Earlier. It's just... We come back to your point earlier, James. It's the first game of the season. You know, we can't look at the league table till after Christmas anyway, can we? So I think Yoss has to learn quite a few lessons from that. I, for one, think one of the main things is Hutch was completely in the wrong position. We know that his fitness isn't... I mean, his fitness is up there, but his injury proneness is one of the top levels at the football club. Why put him in a position that's out of position that's going to make him be run more, running more, be possibly attacked more? Um, I think, I think, like you said, he should be in the back three. He should be playing defensive midfield. He should be sweeping. Reach, I didn't even know he were there for half the game. Like, who, who's Adam Reach? Where was he? If we I didn't thought, play to yeah, anybody's I, strengths, I don't think. No, I think you're right. I don't think we played to anybody's strengths. But I don't think Reach was particularly bad. I think he he kind of just looked a bit lost. No, not like, at all. He just didn't um, do. He just wasn't around, was he? he? There was no point of him being there. He's not. If you're not going to get the best out of a guy, why mm. play him? There was a, there was a lot going on about uh, Tom Lee's in particular and Liam Palmer uh, at the end of the game, and not surprisingly, because I remember bringing this up last season, Joey Pelopesi uh, apparently had a uh, a below average game. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I mean, again, again, he was just did, absent, wasn't he? Yeah. He, I don't um, think the team. Play, I don't think the whole lineup played to anybody's strengths. Even Fessy looked out of his depth, like you said, James. He didn't look what looked like he knew what was going on. No, I think I think um, Pelly Pessi looked. We we all know that he is not as defensively minded as Hutch is in that position, and he didn't do as good a job as what Hutch would do of protecting the back three, who because of the kind of game that they were having, they really needed that protection. And I think Pelly Pessi just didn't really know what to do. I think he just he, he he was just a bit absent. You know, he is a slightly more attacking minded player in in that kind of holding midfielder role than than what you get with someone like. Hutch and then the strange thing is you've got Hutch playing further ahead of him who's not a particularly attack minded player it was it was almost as if you just wanted to scream like just fucking swap them round just swap them round that's all James. you need to do just fucking swap them round um, that's how frustrating it was though Vic it Goodness was it me. was really it was, it was like who's taking over the sweary thing tonight uh, well sorry we'll have to we'll have to put one of those big E's on our um, yeah on and our it's episode not a big V tonight. for once yeah. yeah, well, there we go. Um, right. But well, yeah, it was. It, there was. It was. That, but can I just point out? Can I point oh, out? Can that, we talk about Wigan away? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, despite everything that we've said and some very valid points there, but we are all we are all wrong because the uh, the narrative in the toilets and outside the ground afterwards was Liam Palmer's fault. All Liam Palmer's oh, fault. Just him specifically. Yeah. 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 Was it Ramon? <laughs> If we're gonna play, if, if we're gonna play Liam Palmer, we're gonna lose games. I think that was kind of how it how it was summed up afterwards. Even though I don't think he he he, he certainly did have a great game, but I don't think he was any worse than anyone else on that. Um, I on think that he was he was at fault certainly for one goal, um, but then again, you know, others were at fault for the other goal. So, and the in my eyes, the manager was at fault for the tactics all around. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think you can blame Liam Palmer. But let's move swiftly on to a really fun topic, gang. Oh, this is going to be long, this show, isn't it? This is going to be like This is going to be a bit of a beast, I'm afraid. Um, It was a fun night on Monday, wasn't it? So (laughs) on Monday night, the club hosted a fans forum. Now, I don't know about you, but this looked a lot bigger than the ones we've been to before. It seemed to be held in the 1867 lounge, which means that therefore there were more people there and therefore it was going to be a much, much longer evening 
than as previously had happened. So it was a busy and a controversial one. We could fill a full show tonight, basically, talking about what happened there. I, for one, did not follow it live on Twitter because it made me want to shoot myself. Um, (laughs) God knows how people felt that were there. Um, But I think James and I have run through social media today and tried to find a few of the main points that came from that. So, Fudgy, I'm coming to you. Yeah. Chan Siri last night apparently did a 45-minute opening welcome speech to the crowd. Um, But one of the things that he pointed out and that got picked up a lot on social media by lovely Doomhausen um, was the fact that he feels that he and his family are afraid to go to games. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you have any thoughts on it? I think it's embarrassing. When I hear you, honestly, you're two people. <laughs> we're like our own stereotype, aren't we? You know what I mean? We just don't. You, you know what I mean? Like you know, you know when people from Birmingham go, "I'm oh, from Birmingham," and then the, the next words they go, "Birmingham." You know what I mean? They always do like that, that weird accent that people do. It's like it's just it's just such a stereotype. It's like when Yorkshire people order a pint in the south. How much? Oh, like, when oh, Fudge does his X Factor Man impression without meaning yeah. to, but every other impression, <laughs> every other every other impression, it yeah. just comes out now. But it some... is it is the same as your Mick McCarthy as well. They all just kind of merge. Yeah, they're, they're... one. I've, yeah, I've not got much of a range. Do you know what I mean? It, and a lot of it, you know, eighty percent of it is my own voice anyway. But um, but like I just I just find this this particular point was really embarrassing because there was like like you like you say that the fact that um that Chan Siri did a 45-minute opening gambit. You know what I mean? Now, clearly, what he wanted to do was address a lot of points before they got asked. Now, the consensus on Twitter specifically for people who were there, it was it was like a knife-sharpening event. They were sat there sharpening their knives and, you know, polishing their guns. It was like when Mr Burns was telling people he was going to block the sun out. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was really odd. It was like, can't believe he's paneling on for 45 minutes. It's his club. It's his meeting, and he's trying to answer the questions before they've got asked. But it seemed like everybody in that room, or everybody live tweeting from that room, wanted to just get their own opinion in and get their own, you know what I mean, get their Fudge. own point across. Fudge, just to, just to step in there, you haven't had to sit through one of those 45-minute welcome <laughs> talks. Do you know they what? Really I was, was going to make the point that 45 minutes, that's shorter than that's the last steering short. group that I went to slash was yeah. invited to, where I think it was about two hours altogether that the opening bit yeah. went on for before anyone actually asked a question. I think two people yeah. left before we got around to questions. There, yeah, I think but, I did. It, there were, right, there were but, pennies but, being not taken from the club for about an hour and a half, weren't there? So, but yeah, did, I, can, but did I he, can see that. Did he answer the questions before they were been asked? How many, no. times, how many times afterwards <laughs> did people ask a question? And his face kind of went, what, are you serious? I, you know, I was talking about that not half an hour ago. Do you know what I mean? He's, I he's think obviously trying surprised, to, Fudge. He's trying to address a few points. Do you know what surprised me? Surprised me of the idiocy of some of the questions that get asked at these things. I mean, you know, there was, a, there was a huge point that I know we'll talk about later about a transfer embargo that he's had to keep the lid on since April. And, uh, you know, this is a huge point for our club. This is this is massive. This is big news. And uh, he's explained why he's tried to uh, keep it under wraps. And somebody went, why does that you wear a white T-shirt? Why can't we get my shirt big enough? I mean, that is just embarrassing. Right, do you just want to go through my entire plan for this evening for you just answer it in this one question? Because I have asked you one thing. I have asked you about him feeling unsafe. You have now okay. answered my point, Eddie's point, and Eddie's not here, so fine, and James's point. 
my apologies. <laughs> okay, so let, let let me bring this full circle then. So when it comes to um, the point that, that, that you made about him uh, feeling unsafe around his family, do I believe that there's an element of him trying to get everybody on side by getting them to feel sorry for him? Of course I do. Of course I do. But bear in mind, we're judging other people by our own standards as... I was going to say decent people, but some of us are quite debauched. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a good job Eddie's not here. Christ knows what I'd be talking about. But, you know <laughs> what I mean? There are some people that, that are essentially stupid. Do you know what I mean? And you know, as well as I do, you know, the kids at Chan Series Kids School, for example, or blokes that walk past him in the street, you know, morons, would walk up to him and go, what are you bloody doing about the bloody radio thing, you bloody idiot? And a lot of the time, 80% of the time, and, and I get in a lot of trouble with my missus about it, I'll, a lot of it, because we're Yorkshire folk, a lot of it is trying to derive some kind of humour and a smile and a and a back and forth. But, you know, Dave Ponchan series from a different country and a different culture, he's not going to understand Yorkshire banter or one-liners or zingers. Do you know what I mean? He, he doesn't get that type of thing. So he is going to literally take what you've said to him as verbatim. And things that get written online and things that get written as social media, they're going to get taken as things that you know you say what you mean you know what i mean and um and that's where that's where there's a bit of a breakdown i think and and you know i i do believe that his kids or his family because he didn't say him himself because i think somebody back online said to me uh said to me today saying well you know that's nonsense he's always posing for photos it, you know he's always coming out and meeting everybody it's not that he feels unsafe he actually said his family don't want to go anymore because they don't feel safe and when you think about it when you know do you see him as much i mean and you know there's going to be some personal there was, there was a lovely family photo outside wigan on saturday fudge yeah, so take they were that all with a pinch of salt. <laughs> maybe they were just there for the pies maybe that's why they went on yeah they just, they've just they heard about the lovely cheese pie or you know whatever they've got one in wigan <laughs> called a babby's yed which has got a dimple on the bottom it's like an upside down pie and it's got a dimple in it like a, a newborn baby's skull but you know that's not very interesting Ooh. but you, you, you've got you, you've got to be careful about about these sort of things and the things you're saying, especially the things you're saying uh, on social media, for example, and and the way I mean, somebody set up this account. I can't remember. I think Lord Hillsborough's been having a tear up with it the last few days, where you know the the text is half written in capitals and misspelled. I mean, it's clearly a parody account, but for some reason, some people have engaged with it, and I find that quite funny. But he's not going to understand that that level of what we call humour. Do you know what I mean? They're not, you know, no other country in the world is as cynical as we are. Fudge, and- fudge. It is, I got it, right? Okay, this this is a guy that is, you know, we, we know that he is a successful businessman in, in some form or another. Um, yeah. We know that he's a multimillionaire. You know, this guy's got a lot yeah. of money. Why is he spending his time worrying about what people are saying on social media? Yeah. Right? Every club that is not performing as well as it should do will have fans who are on social media who are kicking off, right? And, and you know, I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but, I'm, but it's a fact. That's happening, right? If, if Kevin McCabe went on Twitter and looked at everything that Sheffield United fans have said about him, or if the other co-owner, the, uh, you know, one-pound prince went on Twitter and looked at everything that had been said about <laughs> in him... Quid. In Wick Quid. In Quid. Right, then um, you know they they'd see probably exactly the same amount of nasty stuff. Why why is he taking it so seriously? Why why is it so much? Why just ignore it? Why isn't somebody who's advising him not not advising him not to do that? I worked at the club. You know, I could have shown Lee Strafford a million things that were said about him, 
And I wouldn't because he didn't need to see it. Like, he got social media if he wanted to look. He went on Owl's Talk, etc. He he knew what he was doing. But Chancery seems to... These fans' forums, for me, the reason they were set up and the reason they were put in place all those years ago, back when I was there, was to engage with fans. And they're the fans that are going to be there to have a go and to praise you. They're the two, you've got the two opposites there, and you've also got a couple of neutrals in the middle, like me, for example, that go along and think, well, I'm not that keen, but... Uh. Um, so they're the people that you should be listening to. They're the people that have queued up for tickets. They're the people that have rung up, registered, and gone down on the night. There's no bar open. There's no pie. There's nothing there. Like, they've gone down to listen to you. Don't sit and berate them about people on social media. Talk to the people in that room and find out what they want. The people on social media are completely irrelevant. And we all know about trolls on social media. I get every every single week when we release this podcast, I must get 100 tweets telling me to get back in the kitchen, that I ruin it, that it was better without me, blah, blah, blah. And I just ignore it because what's the point? What is the point? So somebody has got to turn around to him and just say, look, those people in that room are the people you want to listen to. Do a survey of your season ticket holders. You know, do do a survey of your members, if there are any. Do, um, but don't listen to social media, because there are people who are going to, for some reason, make these parody accounts. For some reason, just send message after message after message. For some reason, Target is two kids. That's because we live in a world where it's easy to do that when you're a 30-stone man yeah. with a PlayStation headset on in your mum's back bedroom. It's an easy way to do it. So now he's just got to... Someone's got to tell him, be it you know, the director of communications or whoever, or Catrienne, that it's not worth listening to. But this is a grown-ass okay. man who's very successful in his life. And, you know, who the hell is going to tell this millionaire that what you're, you know, what you're trusting and what you're believing and what you're, perce what you're perceiving as feedback from customers is wrong? Do you know what I mean? This is a grown-ass businessman. This is a very successful then person. Then he's not got the and right advisors. If someone can't explain to him the difference between social media and real customers, then he has not got the right advisors. And I am available £12 <laughs> an hour. Oh, here we go. I wonder where this was I going. Clever. I can lead out of the attic. I can shout it to him if I need to. No, but seriously, somebody's got to advise him properly on this or somebody's got to be monitoring what does come through. I used to spend, and I hate to break this to you, but the chairman does not personally, or he may do now, the chairman does not personally reply to every letter, especially when it's children who've completed champ manager and want a job as the manager. That's not the chairman that's writing you that letter. There are people in place to intercept things like that and to advise the chairman on how we should be responding, what the standard response to X, Y, and Z should be. And as PR professionals, that is what you do. Somebody is for some reason letting him on his Twitter. Do you think Britney Spears looks at her own app replies? Does she bugger? Because she doesn't <laughs> need to. She's got somebody there to do it, and so should we. And he shouldn't be spending his time looking at trolls on social media. He should but be this, concentrating on getting our football club out. This is a guy who in. literally openly said last night, I'm still learning all the time. Now, he doesn't know how to run a bloody football club, and like you say, he might have poor advisors around him. But... You know, he, he doesn't know to, he, he doesn't know from his culture, he doesn't know from his country, he doesn't know to ignore mean comments on social media. He's from a country where they see one thing on TV and all of a sudden they have 5,000 fans. And they, you know, and they, and they pack, and, they, and all of a sudden, you know, a, a mate of mine was in a band, they're called, um, oh God, that's uh, Native. 
and um, they had an album in 2012, and they went out there, and um, they did one song in a shopping mall, and then the day after, they had 5,000 people knocking down on this shopping mall because they attached themselves to things like that. They, it, 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 we, we're judging him by Western standards. Uh, we should expect him to ignore these comments. We just, just ignore it, cock. It's all right. You know what I mean? And you're right. Somebody does need to explain to him what Twitter is and, and yeah, how we it's are not as, a, him. as a human being. It's whoever but, he's paying to work for him should yeah. be. And it's, well, not like he's only, it's not like he's only just walked through the door, is it? You know, he's been the chairman of the club for three no. years now. You know, but in and, fairness, and, and James, I know that he probably the, the enjoyed first, it the first two years. <laughs> yeah, the first two years are lovely, but you know, for every high, there's going to come a low. You know, that is just the way that this, you know, beast works, particularly in football, particularly at Wednesday. You know, we are the club of of highs and you know, particularly lows. Um, so you know, it, it, it's you've just got it, it, it has to become water off a duck's back. You know, you can't. I just don't think you can respond to stuff like that because if you do, you're taking your eye off the ball of what really matters, which is. As we found out last night, we've got big problems as a football club. We've got a lot of work to do as a football club. What bloody, you know, Barry from Workshop thinks about it on Twitter, fuck him, it doesn't matter. Sorry, I'm swearing a lot tonight, well, aren't I? <laughs> Sorry, I've had two beers, I've had two beers, this is what happens. I've had a large, well, I'm halfway through a large Peroni. And I'm can, I also, can I also apologise if there's anyone in Workshop called Barry who's a Wednesday fan that listens to this podcast. <laughs> that, that wasn't, I was just picking a name and a location out of thin air there. I think the main the main point to make from this, though, I think if if his family are afraid, then whoever is advising Mr. Chanzeri needs to explain that you know y- these threats are real. Sometimes we can't gloss over that. You know there are there are people that get arrested for you know hashtag Harvey's Law for trolling on Twitter, um, but that somebody's got to talk to him about it, and I'm more than happy to go over and talk to him for free, for free. Just buy me a <laughs> cup of tea. Right. What, what, what somebody, somebody what would, needs to explain this. What I would say to all that is that um, I don't the safety thing. I, I I don't want to kind of sound like I'm playing that down because I'm sure there's been things said that you know he is a father as much as he is anything else. And if there's people saying things and his family feel unsafe, that's that's really really horrible. Um, you know, I I actually wouldn't blame his family. I wouldn't even blame Mr. Chancery if he just didn't really want to be around Hillsborough at the moment because I feel that you know the stuff that that has been said about him. You know, if I was him, I'd just be you know I wouldn't want to be around the place. I'd, I, if I was him, Can I'd I just... have sold up by now. I'd think you know what I've lost sixty well... million quid. Sod this, I'm going. Just to uh, bring in the um, Wednesday week's resident troll. Um, just on a different point, for example, Eddie, I believe you're on the line now. Look, in Spain, people are talking about this, right? I've heard it on the streets, and I need to be here to defend my boy, Chanciri, all right? Because there's a lot of shit getting talked here. Sorry, sorry, James, I don't want to swear. A lot of bad <laughs> stuff being talked about my boy, Mr. Chanciri. Right, real talk now. When was the last time that Sheffield Wednesday were profitable? When was it? Oh, God, that's a hell of a question. I will give you the answer. The last time that this club could wipe its own face was 1994. We have made losses every year apart from that. So Dayfon Chansiri coming in, he can throw as much money as he wants into this, but it is a money pit. So there is no way that any other owner could come in and satisfy financial fair play while um, remaining in the championship. So any owner is going to get 
unless we get to the Premier League, he's going to get pelters for this because we're always going to overspend. He has done nothing different than any owner. I don't care whether he's Thai, I don't care whether he's Italian, I don't care whether he's um, you know, from, from, from Russia, I don't care whether he's from Dromfield. It doesn't matter. The economics do not stack up with this club. We are a club that cannot wipe its own face and we've got an owner who is willing to throw money away. So let, let's forget this for a minute, the idea that it's been badly managed, blah, blah, blah. This is his money that is going down the drain. Yeah, he's backed up everything that he has done, uh, uh, you know, everything that he has said with his own money. And their losses, the losses that we have made, are going to, uh, you know, he's covered them time and time again. He might walk away and we might be 20 million, 30 million pound in debt, which was exactly pretty much how Milan Mandarich found us. But there is no way that this club can make money without being in the Premier League. And that goes for. Derby and it goes for Forest and it goes for Leeds United, it goes for every other club in the division that we are in because we're all chasing that dream. The structure of football is broken and for us as fans to turn around and say to Dayfon Chancery, you've made bad decisions and we're losing money because of your bad decisions, is it's myopic, it is clueless, it, it betrays a complete lack of knowledge of the way that football works. I will absolutely stand shoulder to shoulder with everybody and say he's made some bad PR decisions. Stuff like the membership, stuff like, um, uh, you know, the, the, the whoa, getting whoa, rid of the whoa, strike. Whoa, 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 no, no, whoa, no, 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 whoa, whoa. Hold on a minute. Out. I've got a script here and we are sticking to it. I've already had Fudge bought it up and I'm not having you. Right? <laughs> Spanish. Right? Go on. So, on, moving Come swiftly me, on. Last night... I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, <coughs> but it did become apparent that we have been subject to a transfer embargo since April. Um, we all kind of guessed it, but James, our resident FFP expert, were we really expecting it? Is it something that you're going to go into more detail with over the next, say, week or so? Uh, well, probably no surprise that um, FFP special number four is in the working at the moment off the back of some of the stuff that was talked about at the uh, at the forum. Uh, I don't think anyone was particularly surprised to find out that we're under an embargo of whatever description. And it was a little vague as to exactly what kind of embargo that is, because I don't think it's a official EFL transfer embargo in the way that we kind of think of them, because of the way that the, they can kind of do this informal kind of temporary embargo on you uh, rather than giving you the proper kind of full season long embargo um, so it's all a bit it's all a bit messy what surprised me a little bit is the fact that it's been in place since April uh, because you know obviously you can't buy players in April anyway but what it did mean from April onwards is that we've not been able to renew any players contracts until literally their contract had run out uh, which sort of explained a little bit about why it, it, it was all a bit strange with um, you know wh who was going to be offered new contracts and stuff at the back end of last season there's a bit of uncertainty there some players obviously left and, and, and whatnot so you know that that kind of fitted together although it was a little bit of a, a, a surprise um, the kind of the other headlines that and I wasn't there at the fans forum, but from what I've got from what people tweeted about, and by the way, there were some fans that did a brilliant job of, of live tweeted and I've not got, you know, I've not kind of made enough notes to, to know who they are, but thank you to everyone that did that because you did a really, really great job. Um, but Even it looks if like, I did read it this morning. <laughs> yeah. 
it did get to the point. But people that were moaning that it finished at half past eleven, like I think two in the morning, we were still there. Once, yeah, you know? we've we've had yep. ones that going on to the wee small hours. So you don't know you're born. You don't know you're born. Um, yeah, it looks like permanent transfers looking unlikely. Loans could be a possibility before the end of the month. Are we going to end up selling someone before the transfer window closes? It's it's becoming more difficult to see a scenario where that's not going to happen now. I think that we will probably see, you know, there's a very obvious one that we're all kind of expecting, isn't there, in Kieran Westwood? Um, mm. But, you know, we might see maybe another one, maybe another two, don't know, difficult one. Um, there was this line as well, wasn't there, where he said, um, Mr. Chancery said that he, he can sort financial fair play this season, but if we don't get promoted this season... Next next season is very bad, uh, and I think that's the right. I think it's the word that he said that it's very bad, but didn't kind of elaborate on that. So I kind of want to. Uh, what I want to do with the financial fair play podcast number four when we do that is figure out exactly what that means because is that like you know bad? We can't buy any players. You know we're under an embargo. Bad. Is it bad? We've got to sell players. Bad. Is it bad? will get points deducted bad. There was talk of that last night. You know, he said that that's what he's really worried about. He doesn't care about fines. He's, he's bothered about point deductions. The problem is now EFL are not bothered about fines anymore because they know that doesn't work. They've now got the power to do points deductions. So that's what they're, that's what they're going to do to Team Super Each FFP now. Um, so, yeah, likely, likelihood is in the next few days, uh, there'll be a, a Peter James and, and me getting back together to um, to look at the, the likely scenarios, really, for, for what it means over the next 12 months because January becomes quite an interesting transfer window now. If if, if Mr. Chancery is pinning his hopes on us being in the top two and it looking like we've got a real chance of promotion... Uh, We've only played one game, but I must say off the back of that, I'm not thinking that's particularly likely right right now. Uh, maybe it means that in January, those players that are worth obviously more now than they would be in a year from, from now when the contracts are more or less up, um, I reckon we could see some of those going. Yeah, I think one thing as well, James, that I think probably needs more looking into, for example, on your next FFP podcast um, we're obviously, you know, we're running tight on time tonight, but there was talk of like a petition to other clubs as well. Um, and there was something about only 18 of the 24 have signed it or something as well. So it might be worth looking into that. Um, apparently, Catrian yep. did a full on Love Island, like in the middle of the in the middle of the forum. was like, I've got a text from the EFL. And it was confirmation <laughs> that, that they hadn't accepted this petition or something. So it'd be interesting to know what else came from that. Now, this is a bit of an odd one, because there's still no solid confirmation about this from last night. Um, but, Eddie, there was a discussion about membership pricing. Um, obviously, the pricing, as we know, has gone up to, is it £90, including a lot of discounts for the season? Um, yeah. And it seems like the chairman agreed to reduce it to £50, with the agreement that there'd be a discount for two games, but there's no real confirmation there. I mean, what are your thoughts on the membership thing? Because you, I mean, I know you're a season ticket holder, but in theory, you could, you could be a member because you're that far away. It's just because you travel every week. But it's people like you that this will be affecting in theory. I'll, I'll give big thanks to Neil from Al's talk on this because he, I think he got some clarification from Mr. Chancery um, after the fans forum. Uh, I, I think that, uh, that Mr. Chancery and Catrienne were quite shocked by uh, how vehement the opposition was to the change in 
the membership structure. Um, and I can understand that, but I think they, they made the point last night that with the, um, you know, the, the £10 uh, match tickets, which we haven't got yet because those matches haven't come yet, but those £10 match tickets would effectively save something like £30 over the course of the season. So the real cost of membership, if you take that, that you know, that uh, that offer up would only be £60. It's it's a little bit clutching at straws. Um I think the main the, the main thing that I think everyone has to take out of it is that it was a colossal PR disaster. That and the Radio Sheffield thing together have been a PR disaster and the club had the chance to make a gesture that really wasn't going to cost them anything particularly. Um, and I think what they have done is uh, maybe the most kind thing I can say is that Dayfan Chansiri has always said he is going to... Um, try and shape the business so that being a season ticket holder is the most attractive way of following the hours. Not everyone can do that, and I think that people who can't, fess, you know, can't put that money up for a season ticket are, are subsidising the people who can, and that to me doesn't sit right. I I don't think the membership is necessarily a bad offer, but I think the way that it has been sold makes it look like um, the club are saying you're either a diehard fan or you don't matter to us. And that, I think, is quite a dangerous position to be in. I'd agree with that. I think, yeah, it does seem like a bit of, like you said, like it is a, subs- a subsidising situation. Like, all right, then you can't afford a season ticket, but we'll charge you a fifth of a season ticket because we aren't getting as many season tickets. So it just, it doesn't really add up, does it? I think I would, I know that, God, how many years ago is it now? 10 years ago, I worked bloody hard to reinstate the membership scheme. And I think at the time it was 30 quid a season for adults and 15 quid for kids. And we offered a minimal discount every game and a few crappy freebies like a car sticker and a yo-yo and all that crap. Um, But it, it seemed to work and it took off again. And I think it's kind of lost its point now. Because at the time, the research that I didn't, like I said, it's 10 years ago, it could be completely different now. But research showed that members were people who lived a long way away, who couldn't necessarily get to games, but wanted to still give money to the club, be involved in the club and still get the card, still get some sort of, I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan, I don't just listen, well, not listen on Radio Sheffield. And now it just feels like, like you said, it's like it's a discount scheme and that, that wasn't really the whole point of it before. So I'd be interested to know like why that suddenly changed over the last 10 years. Because fudge. a lot of members before used to be away, like lived mm. abroad or lived like fudge, like down yeah. south and wanted to be a member to be part of the club. How, how do you feel about it, Fudge, in terms of, you know, being a long, a long time absent Sheffielder? How is yeah. How has this affected you? you know, is it something that you would have always done just as a matter of course? Well, I think I think like what you said about uh, you know wanting to be a part of the club and wanting to give some money to the club in the, in the way that you can and stuff like that. You, you always, you know, I always, for example, I buy the shirt every year, you know, and I think I, I spend 60 quid for a shirt that I wear three times. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's, it's wanting to be a part of it. But with the, with the membership scheme, the benefits you get as a, expat as it were don't seem to benefit me as much i i you know i i, I haven't got the 
uh, you know, the, the ability to do a 350 round trip to go and buy a mug with Davy Jones's face on it, stood next to Milan Mandarich for £4 and, and get Bollocks. a discount on that. Everyone has but, the time to do that yeah. trip. <laughs> I, I drive 100 miles every day for that. <laughs> but, you know, if the... I, I mean, somebody somebody uploaded a video, I think it was last year, of uh, Liverpool's club shop. And I use that as an example because the thing that you can, you get a discount in the shop, but not on the replica, replica kit. For some, th- for some reason, Dapon's really, really precious about this kit and he's really defensive about it. But um, but I don't want anything else in that shop because it's, a, it's like a barren wasteland. It looks like a, it looks like, a, you know, those god awful shopping malls that are on the brink of shutting down. That used to be popular in the late late 80s, early 90s. Crystal Peaks. It, yeah, it just looks like <laughs> yeah, exactly that. It looks like Crystal Bloody Peaks, but grimmer. If that you know, if that's a thing. So, wow. seem to, is that yeah. possible? Well, you know, it, it, it's a thing. <laughs> but um, but the um, the benefits that you get as a member don't benefit me enough personally for me to go for me to justify 90 quid. If that makes sense. And that's what I mean. I, uh, like I said, I would love to know the difference now. I'd love to know how many people are members and live in Sheffield. Obviously, the prices have gone up, so that may therefore have changed the amount of people that are just members, not season ticket holders, or not just, do you know what I mean? But I, I, I don't know. For me, it's a very odd one. Um, but anyway, moving on to the final bit of the evening last night, or, well, Monday night, as it is. Um, so for me, the most important part of the evening was the fact that New Hughes shirt apparently does fit um he just likes to wear a t-shirt underneath it which and for me is not? fine yeah that's that is fine Look, and like so Atty... i will now speak from the perspective of someone who's been in spain for three days now i've got my wednesday shirt with me i've worn it out to the shops twice the nipple rash on that shirt is the the worst that I've had. In I hope nobody is eating their tea while you're but, talking about your nipple rash. I am I am a hundred percent hoping that Atty has gone full t-shirt, but I'd expect Barry Bannon to have a couple of elastoplasts on there on those those little dinky nipples that he has. <laughs> oh God! I, Whoa! We didn't come all, here for nipple talk. What's this? <laughs> What's going on here? Oh. Sure, only because it's Barry Bannon's nipples. If it was Vincent Sasso's, you'd be all over. Oh, yeah, talking about it for about Sasso's 20 minutes. Nipples. Yeah. All I'm all, saying is... All over with a bit of squirty cream. Look, it's been, it's been a hot summer <laughs> in England. I'm out here in Spain. It's a long, like, hot summer. Exactly. It was 40 degrees out here today. I wore that shirt and it, it was painful. Protect yourselves. Look, this is more than just about loyalty to your club. Protect yourselves. Wear a vest. An undershirt, a singlet. I do, I do wonder, as a female football fan, right, the shirts are always very, very thin. And I do wonder, maybe Atty wears a bra. Because I always wear a strappy top underneath my football shirt because otherwise you'd be able to see my bra. So maybe, maybe he just wears a bra and he doesn't want it on show. Or maybe... <laughs> don't wear you know, those, <laughs> they wear those things now, don't they, that they do, do like the heart they rate do, monitors they stuff. Heart yeah. monitors. So maybe yeah, he doesn't do. want a bra line. Now, is I, this I conversation actually happening? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is my podcast, James. Is this right, a thing? So I, I, don't, often, I will but, wear a seamless bra, but even so, you can still see it. So maybe, <laughs> maybe that is why Atty is wearing his T-shirt. But anyway, all I have to say on it is if he ever decides to do a Ravinelli... I want to see the full package, Atty. 
I don't want t-shirt shit there. All right. Yeah, it's it's the way Barry Bannon does it. If he's got a couple of elastopasts oh, covering his I nipples, he, I no hope one he wants never to... does. See that? I don't know what's worse here, whether the Nipple Week podcast or the Pie Week podcast was worse. But <laughs> I mean, we've really gone downhill here. Yeah. Bring back Lord Hillsborough. I love the way we uh, we did earlier on, where we went. I can't believe somebody brought up Atty Newey's T-shirt in that meeting, and that's the one we've spent the most time talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, for some reason, you are listening to the Wednesday Week sponsored by the Riverside Cafe. And you can actually buy a pint in there for the same price that James paid for half a pint in Manchester before the Wigan game. Yep, true so, story, Eddie, bro. Yeah. True, true story. Eddie, of course, there's been more controversy this week as the club has effectively cut ties with BBC Radio Sheffield and Rob Staten slash Staten. And the station <laughs> will no longer be covering the commentary of Sheffield Wednesday games. This was apparently due to us asking for a 10% increase in fees and them saying a 10% less in fees and us going actually no let's just stick to what we said and then them going no um so we've lost that now so supporters however can listen for a fiver a month via i follow um arguments have been made for both sides but do you see that the club is standing its ground and doing the right thing or do you see that the club is the only one in the whole country to say no f u b b c you know what, N- notwithstanding the fact that I find it incredibly funny that Rob Statton is now not going to be able to talk about, uh, you know, his ex- exclusive close links with the club yes. and, you know, yes. how, how he went out to dinner with Jos Lukai, etc. Et <laughs> uh, you know what, I, I, there's a part of me that says, again, it's, it's a PR disaster, even though if we're really, really, really if we're all really honest here, we only listen to Radio Sheffield because it's the easiest option as opposed to the only option. So £4.50 a month, and I, I'm, a, I'm an iFollow customer, and I'm in, I was in Spain on Saturday, and I listened. It's not Rob O'Neill anymore, is it? Is, has Rob gone now? Have we got some... Yeah, it's guy? a guy off TalkSport. Yeah. So, um, and no, John Rob's, Pearson, Rob, who... Rob's on holiday for a week. He's back next uh, week. Ah, right. Okay, so he's brilliant. back well, to doing it normally. So they've sold it us as like you're getting a TalkSport presenter, but it's only I, for one I, week. I like, I like Rob. I think Rob's great, and I think yeah, Jay, I like Rob and Jay, Him and JP are as good a, 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 a commentating tandem as you'll get. So for four pound fifty a month, which is a pint these days, especially if you you know going over to Wigan away, um, I think you get a high quality product, and I think. I like it more because they're not now having to disappear off to find out what's happening at Oakwell or, uh, you know, to talk about Chesterfield, blah, 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 blah. So it's a Wednesday-focused product. Um, I don't think the, the, you know, the cost of it breaks the bank. And I think that we, what the club have said about us being, a, you know, a leader in this and that we're, you know, we're becoming the Netflix of the bloody EFL and we're going to do our own product and we put our own content out there. I think that we're actually ahead of the curve here and it's probably going to end up being the way that most clubs work. But again, a PR disaster in a city that has two clubs and one of those clubs is doing what they've always done, which is, you know, do the local radio, do the local press, etc. And we're doing the opposite of that. I feel that there's always going to be a story where, a 104-year-old Norman who can't get to Hillsborough anymore and all he cares about is listening to Wednesday on his wireless on BBC Radio Sheffield and now he can't. That makes our club look like absolute bastards. And so 
it could have been so much better handled, but deep down, I think we're probably making the right decision, just maybe at the wrong time. I think I think you'll find we're probably going to be pioneers on it. I think a lot. I I genuinely believe that next season and the season after there's going to be more and more clubs doing it. And like you you alluded to there, nobody moans about paying their eight quid a month for Netflix for about yeah, ten of exactly. us to leech off. Exactly. You know, there there was a million kickoffs when Sky Sports were in football in the early nineties. There, you know, there, there there's there's a whole history of things. Well, that's the way it is now. And 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 you know, and a lot of people don't seem to grasp the fact that things are expensive now. Things are really dear. And, we, you know, we, for some reason in Sheffield and in Yorkshire specifically, we're like professional whingers. And we seem to talk about ourselves like we're still going down to pit to earn a loaf of bread for family. And we're going to go and go and have a pint and go home and beat wife. It's not like that anymore. You know what I mean? The Bloody Brexit. Bloody Brexit. I can't believe it. <laughs> That's just <laughs> Britain. <laughs> but, but, but bear in mind, right, we, we have in this country something called national uh, minimum wage, don't we? Yeah, we have uh, national living wage, I think it's called now. Now, up north, that is a hell of a decent, you know, it, it's a very good wage. You know, if you're working in, on a zero-hour contract in retail or in a bar or something like that, you know, it is it is not a crap wage. And, and at risk of sounding like an old man, I think at my first job, I was, a re- I was in a restaurant and it, I was getting paid three pound an hour, two pound fifty an hour. You know, I'd work an hour to, to, but then again, I was working an hour to earn enough to buy a packet of fags. I think I think I used to offset it like that. But you know, we're not paupers up north. There are people with a few quid, and it's very clear that Daypon is is wanting to um, to get those high enders. And of course, he does. We're a business. You want to get the people that have got a few quid. But and like you say, Eddie, there are always going to be people where 104, 104 year old Alf who used to work down pit and deliver deliver harvest on his bike up and down cobbled streets, and he can't see anymore. And the only pleasure he's got in life is listening to Wednesday on Tick Wireless. Do you know what I mean? There's always going to be those stories, but there's always going to be those stories of people who can't afford Netflix. There's always going to be, and I think that this this I, I love that the club have stuck to the guns. I do believe that there is a um, a PR. Um, opportunity for us to do something about it in terms yeah. of I follow or something like that there is but I think this is the sign of things to come and unfortunately for Alf we're the first club to have done it but is is it a point about um you talk about things being expensive I'm, I'm not necessarily sure whether this is an issue about cost as such and I mean I, I feel like I, I talked more about yeah. this on on Saturday than anything else and you know, my um, listening to you, you two guys there, and I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, my mate John, who you all know, will be absolutely screaming and shouting as he listens to this because he is super, super passionate about this and so annoyed about this um, this this decision. So I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit in in saying this because you know I don't necessarily disagree with what you said. I think that you know we are seeing a glimpse of the future here, and you know SWFM, SWFC, watch this space. Let's see what happens. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but the the point is that it's not necessarily for 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 an older person, older fan who maybe can't get to games anymore, particularly away games. It's not really an option for them. Um, it's not necessarily about the cost. It's about the fact that you know they don't have the internet. They don't understand how it works. You know they don't they don't have the iFollow app on their iPad. You know they're, they're they don't all want foreign to pay to over the internet. They don't want to put the credit card details in. There's there's all these different yeah, things. Yeah, I, I, I probably, you know, probably don't even have credit cards to be able to, to to do it. And that's the thing. And it's about you know I I, I often have this kind of rant about stuff, and I, I try and. 
be balanced and sort of see the fact that you know there's 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 always going to be developments things are always going to move forward and stuff like that but what what i've always hated when there's anything in football that cuts any fans off from the game because football is about the fans and we all say yeah. you know it is a business in this day and age and that's all true but it's also all bullshit because football is about people that want to get together and go and watch a game of football right and it's, and it's not our fault that sky tv came along in the 90s and started going actually it's not now what it's about it's about money that's all it is it's about money and it's just from there it's just gone you know on uh, along this 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 path that now gets us to the point whereby we think it's all right for people to be cut off from from the game that they know and love and it's all right for them to not have the commentary if they can't afford it or it's all right for them to not have the commentary if they don't happen to be you know technologically gifted enough to be able to um to do it we're conditioned by the circumstances that we live in and in a lot of ways that is wrong i think it's almost 10 years ago isn't it now since lee strafford um came into an ailing club and his entire mo was to give the club back to the fans. And, you know, he was the first uh, chairman that we had to implement, you know, a, you know, a CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility, into the remit of the club. Um, I, I think he, you know, he was ahead of his time in the sense that there was a need to bring the club back to the community for commercial reasons, for financial reasons, and for the reasons of, uh, you know, of mending so much that was broken in the relationship between the club and its fans. Um, I, yeah, I feel, honestly, that, um, that there is money to be made in football and the profit should be at the expense of uh, you know, the TV deals and the merchandising and, and the rest of it. It should be a case of those that can afford to, to, you know, to, to get involved with it then you know that that money should be taken. It should be and it should be distributed in a way that means that the community can you know, continues to own the heart and soul of the club. And I feel that maybe we're missing that a little bit. I don't think we're far off. I don't think we're making bad decisions in the sense that we're making you know decisions that are going to lose us money. But I think that there is an argument that says let's balance off the you know fifty grand or a hundred grand or in some cases five million pounds that we might get by making this decision and let's let you know let's shape the the club in a way that you know throws its arms around more people as opposed to says if you you know if you can't pay or as James said if you don't have the technological savvy then you know you can't play. I don't think we should overstate the number of people who are alienated by this because I think it really is two or three percent of the Wednesday fans. But that's two or three percent of um, a large fan base. And I, I think we owe it to them, especially when we're talking about something like this. They're the ones who probably came through the turnstiles, uh, you know, in, in the 70s, you know, in the 80s, before things actually kind of took off. And I think we do kind of owe it to them a little bit to, to give them the fandom that they always had until the point that they, you know, that they no longer are relevant. I get that, Eddie. I, I understand that. I, I think... Um... I think there's there's a lot to be said for that, but you know on on the other flip side, it's uh, it's Catherine Mayer's famous speech when she was at Charlton. You know, here is a guy who's come in with his own money to try and rescue a football club, and he's spending his own money. And it, it, in a world where you've got vastly inflated prices, you know, six million pound for Gary Medine comes to mind and stuff like that. And but we we still own it as a as a as a fan base. It's ours. It's for the it's for it's us. 
we are customers at the end of the day and you know we don't own the club and it's our choice whether we choose to follow it or not i mean i'm playing devil's advocate don't get me wrong i don't truly believe that but from from the perception of of somebody who's coming in and putting his you know opening his own wallet you know he can do what he wants no can we? Can I, I, can I? Can I try and summarise all this? Right, or everything that we've pretty much everything we've talked about on the podcast tonight. Right, we someone just should have have closed down Mohamed Diami in the playoff final, and none of this would have mattered. Yeah, that's the mistake we made, yeah. wasn't it? If we'd, have won, if we'd have won that flipping game of football, <laughs> none of the conversations that we've had this evening, not a single one of them would have happened. And from that, positive... let's segue to talking about Hull. How was that? <laughs> <laughs> the one positive that we have got to take from this whole I follow and BBC Radio Sheffield thing is that you can download the Wednesday week and we are free and you can listen to as much shite on this as you possibly want. So pass that on to grandma, pass that on to granddad. Let them come and come down the pub with us on a Tuesday evening and come and have a chat. Get the headphones in. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Why don't so listen any- to the Wednesday week while having a pint in the Riverside Cafe? Yes! That's the fourth mention, tick. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, guys, this weekend sees the return of football to Sheffield Six with a visit from Hull City, as we have just mentioned, Mr Diarmi, never welcome here ever again. Uh, We've had a few meetings with the Tigers over the last few years, so we won't, some we won't mention, um, although James just did. And our last one saw a certain Jordan Rhodes score and sealed the three points. Eddie, are you expecting a good run out this weekend? Uh, I think we have to put on a show, don't we? Uh, at this point, who knows what what performance we're going to get out of this team. Um, I think, uh, uh, you know, as Mr Chanciri said last night, we have a team that can compete. Whether we will compete is a completely different question, and that will be on yours. Um, I'd like to think we're, you know, we're, we're going to be stung by what happened on Saturday, and it will come out differently. But at this point, who knows? Who knows? James and Fudge, do you have any idea for lineups or what sort of formation you'd like to see? Uh, better than Saturday gone. <laughs> yeah, if we're uh, if we're playing a five at the back, I don't want to concede twenty shots on target. So uh, let, you know, let's 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 work on that. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Hutch has got to play either in a back three or he's got to play the holding midfield role if he's going to play and to be honest considering how the three centre-backs performed he's got he's, he's got to be in the back three you've got to play Hutch in the back three and actually I think from doing that that gives you a real good basis to build the team around that and it probably doesn't need you know that much changing obviously Atty won't be playing because he's a prick but apart from that you know there's probably no real need to change God that sake. much is it is it this game he's banned for then if it was two yellows yeah I never understand these rules is it two games, three games, four games, five no, games? No, it's, it's, well, it's one game for two one. Uh, for two yellows, which he was lucky because he led with his elbow. If he'd have got a straight red, it would have been three games. Ugh. What a prick, eh? What a prick. Well, what a prick, yes. I could, I could well be the episode title right there. What a prick. <laughs> let's not, let's not. We've already got an E number. We don't need any more. Uh, so, sadly, I can't be with you for the first game of the season because I'm going to be in Brighton. I'm going on holiday. Um, but, James, I'm guessing that you will be rocking up at the Riverside Cafe in its outside bar before and after the game. Yeah. Who who signs off your holidays now? Because I don't remember seeing that request. Did I? Uh, did we approve that one? I'm not 
I'm not sure. Uh, evidently, that. not you, because I'm going to Brighton <laughs> and you're not coming with me. So I know that's true. <laughs> uh, but you know, long. I'm uh, a proper fan, so I'm going to the match. There we go. Uh, yeah, I'll be at the Riverside Cafe. Um, it's new season, but same old shit. So I'll be doing my same little route, and uh, it will yet result in uh, being in the Riverside Cafe. Uh, I think the weather forecast is still looking quite good, which is rare. Normally by first home game of the season, it's already kind of pissing it down and everything. So um, it'll be nice to have a bit of sunshine. Oh, there's a nice shelter. To... We've got a yeah. shelter. Well, we have, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> it will be, uh, yeah, it'll be nice to see everyone after... I've not been to any of the pre-season games, so it'll be good to catch up with everyone. And uh, we need a good, we need a good showing, and I, I, I kind of mean I don't I'm not just talking about the team there. I think you know across the board we need the weather to be nice, right? We need it to be a nice day. We need the fans to turn out in their droves. We need them to just inject a bit of positivity into the place. And I know that there's a lot of reasons to be negative right now, but you've got a choice, haven't you? You can either go and just be a bit whingy about it, or go and just enjoy it. I, I hear on the grapevine there might be a couple of new beers available, possibly, um, in the um, in the stands, uh, which for most people will mean nothing, because I'm talking about good beers, not shit beers. Um, but, um, yeah, for people... That Is it en- Carling? En- enjoy. Is it Carling and Heineken? I, th- I, think, I think they'll still have crappy... Crappy Fosters and all that stuff will still be there, Thank but um, there, might be, there might be a couple of new options. And uh, let's just have a damn we're good okay, day. We're okay, Fudge. We're okay. <laughs> and it always feels okay. that little bit that little bit sweeter, doesn't it, beating Hull? Because it's them. Yeah. The bastards. So every week, just to round this off now, we go out to Twitter and we put out and ask for questions. Um, so James, from various sources this week, we've had a question for you. So if you would like to tell me your name, your age, where you come from and how to find you on Twitter and then answer the following question, I would appreciate it. So as a possible talking point, should Sheffield Wednesday look at renaming the stadium for extra revenue? Uh, okay, well, my name is uh, James W. Marriott. Um, you can discuss among yourselves what the W stands for if you want to. Um, Winston. Uh, it doesn't stand for Winston. <laughs> oh, I hope it is Winston. <laughs> no, no, no. You'll never, you'll never guess it in a million years, believe you me. Wayne. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, I know um, this. I know this. Why can't this I is, you, this? you saw my passport. You booked I me did. to go on holiday with you. You know exactly oh, what my middle name it. is, and you oh, can't even remember. In fact, I think it? at some point I sent you a photograph of my passport for yeah. you to book the holiday it's in your phone anyway uh, um yeah you can get me on twitter at james marriott this is an interesting question because it's one that has been doing the rounds quite a bit on um on social media since last night because this subject came up at the fans forum and um dc said that he's not particularly interested in going down that route at the moment he doesn't really want to the sad fact of the matter is that the amount of money that is involved in stadium sponsorship is not very much uh, compared to the size of the potential hole that we've we've got to fill financially, so yeah, let's let's say, and I'm plucking this number as a I'm saying from thin air, but a slightly educated sort of thin air here um, in in terms of the prep we've been doing for the next financial fair play podcast. But if we're looking at a hole of about yeah ten to twelve million pounds that we've got to fill, stadium uh, announcing rights, Huddersfield get around three hundred thousand pounds a year in the Premier League. So we're going to be looking at, you know, you could maybe say it's a bigger stadium, it's maybe worth more. We can only put in what the EFL will let us. So we're maybe looking at up to half a million pounds. It doesn't make that big a dint, really. So um, by all means, we should Sorry to interrupt, it. James. My yeah. apologies. Um, I'm pretty sure, didn't Mike Ashley rename St. James's Park and generate 10 million quid? 
Yeah, I mean, didn't you, that happen? You, you can do it over a number of, of years. So, that was you know, pretty the headline, financial fair play, wasn't the, it? The headline yeah. can be, it's a £10 million deal, but obviously it's been called right. the whatever it's called. What is it, what is it called? Is it the sport, the, the sports soccer? The sports whatever. direct arena. Sports, sports arena, direct course, arena, yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, into the accounts, you can only put something like £1.5 million a year. Um, so, you know, Derby did it where it was a £7 million deal to, to rename uh, Pride Park the iPro Stadium. But it was over 10 years. They were putting seven hundred grand a year into it and they ended up can- cancelling it because iPro didn't actually pay the bills or something along those lines. It just didn't happen. So, um, you know, you, you, can, um, you can't really fudge the system. You know, it would be great to think that, that, that he could say, right, I'm, I'm sponsoring the stadium, £10 million I'm paying for it, goes into the coffers. They just won't let you do it. The EFL will say sorry. The the market value for that is about two hundred and fifty to five hundred grand. So that's all you that's all you're allowed to put in your accounts for it. So it's a slightly futile exercise, um, but it might be the difference between us breaching FFP and not. So let's say that we get you know ninety five percent of the way there in terms of raising the revenue that we need to, and we need that bit to get us you know over the line. In which case, by all means, we should do it. But I don't know whether or not it's really that that big a worry. We've or, talked or, about or it before, haven't we, as well, much. about the fact that everyone will still call it Hillsborough. But then again, do, are we are we tainted by the name of Hillsborough? You know, we've we've discussed that before at great length. Um, but anyway, Fudge, what is your name? Where do you come from? What is your Twitter handle? And from Rob Harris on Twitter, is our biggest yeah. downfall not using the loan market well enough and just thinking, oh well, we'll buy him instead? Because a lot of championship clubs that have had success have actually got a couple of good quality loan signings on the books that they'll be paying little if no wages for. If you'd, have, if you'd have asked me this a year ago, I'd have gone, no, nah, that's ridiculous. I like the way we're buying a squad and we're assembling one together and we're going to get camaraderie and not just these fly-by-night mercenaries and yada, 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 yada. However, that was so 2017, Dan Fudge. Do you know what I mean? A year later, uh, yes, I think uh, we've, we did underuse it. We had an opportunity where we could have used it and we didn't. And uh, reality has come and bit us in the arse. And uh, if you want to see more of my, uh, you know, fruitful, uh, slightly racist probably, swear words, come and see me on Twitter at Dan Fudge. And yes, we did, we did underuse the loan market. Wonderful. Okay, so I'm Victoria1867 on Twitter if you want to find me. And I've had a message from Paul Newby that says, do you think it's time that we went back to these big earners and asked them to take a pay cut? Abdi needs to be on a pay-as-you play until he can prove his fitness. What I mean is the players who say they have the club at heart should be doing more to help the situation. Absolutely bloody not. If your boss turned around to you tomorrow and said, Paul, company's in trouble. I'm going to slash your wages down to the national living wage. Is that okay? You'd be like, no, fam, I've got a mortgage to pay. Like, not going to happen. no. We can't, we can't be doing that. I agree with the Abdi thing, I think, but I think that comes from much higher up in the club. I think that should have been dealt with the first injury, let alone the 12th. Um, but I don't think we can be asking players to pay, take a pay cut. And I also don't think that that is a sign of a loyal player. Um, I think that footballers now, yes, OK, they earn shitloads of money, but we all buy a season ticket, we all buy a shirt, and we all pay for Sky Sports to so stop moaning. Um, but... They earn a lot of money, but they do have a very, very limited, like probably 10, 15 year window if they're lucky to earn that money. Um, and after that, they're just Mickey Gray on Sky Sports News, aren't they? So I think I, I don't think we should be asking players to take a pay cut. I do think that in future 
we should possibly be looking at pay-as-you-play deals. And I do think that is something that Catrian should be looking at. Um, but if they're contracted, they're contracted. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, that's poor management from, apparently, so Mr. Chancery said last night, from the Carlos era. Um, I know. That's, also, that's, it's it's a seller's market. If we exactly. might say, we're, we're going to do pay-as-you-play contracts or we're only going to uh, you know offer players a certain amount of money. Other clubs aren't doing that. So if we yeah. want to get the players, we have to play by the rules. Unfortunately, that's we're going to end up works. with Luke Bowden if we're doing a pay-as-you-play deal. We'll have Luke Bowden and James Kay. That's it. Oh, and me, me and James that, at centre-half. <laughs> sounds like a great under-18 side. That academy's coming on really well. <laughs> so, Eddie, with your dulcet tones, um, what's your name? Where do you come from? And from James Nielsen, do we think the Owls have the right commercial people in the club to look at revenue ideas with the right frame of mind that will make money instead of just putting up the prices of things? For example, using the club shop, events, food and drink and online. So if you want great financial advice, then at Sausage Arms on Twitter and Instagram is 100% where you come. Um, and so now I'll talk about it a bit. Um, no, I don't think the club is doing the best that it can do. Does that mean that I criticise the people who are doing it? No, absolutely not. Um, I honestly believe that every club, um, and I, I hate this, I hold Leeds up as an example. Uh, they are fantastic in ringing every last bit of revenue out of their commercial dealings. Um, and that, that is, to a large extent, a hangover from the way the club has been owned, um, how they've had to make money because they didn't own their ground and blah, 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 blah. Um, I honestly think that there are people in the Wednesday fraternity who have been over to the States, for instance, and seen how they run their sports franchises over there. I think there are some really good ideas that could be brought back to the UK and Wednesday could be a real leader in these things. I think there is much, much more money to be made out of the brand Sheffield Wednesday and the specifics of the experience of us all going to matches than the club actually do. Um, Lee Strafford, I, I mentioned him twice. Um, he, he, I think he had the right idea. He had, he had the, the vision to change Sheffield Wednesday into being something different than it was. And for many, many reasons, it didn't happen. Um, but I think that there isn't a way... As I said it, the first thing I said tonight when I came in impromptu, because um, Skype doesn't work in Spain until about half past ten at night, uh, there's no way that this club can wipe its own face. We have to build a structure that means that forget about the league positioning, this club can wipe its own face. And it starts with the off-field earnings. Um, I don't think we're set up for it yet. I think there's a way to go. But we need to start making the right decisions. And it starts with little things like uh, not alienating the fan base. And, and, you know, and that really is the, the, you know, the worst thing that you can lay at, uh, you know, at the door of DC um, and Katrin and Mir and, and the rest of the team there at Wednesday. I think they're doing a good job, but I think there are, there's quick wins to be had that could probably make an impact further down the line. Yeah, I'd agree with that 100%. And I think the key thing is it's not about just doubling the membership price. It's about selling a new pen 
or something that people actually want from the club shop. Not selling a Monopoly, right, because this really got my goat before Christmas. Not selling a Monopoly game and saying it includes a free top trumps game, because it doesn't. It included one free top trumps card. That's no good to anybody. That's not even a shiny. That's no good. So it needs somebody to come in and pick it up and just shake it a bit. I've been playing that top trumps game, though, with Tom here in Spain on a day. Did you just have one card? Hey, you get Andrew Wilson in there, he's unstoppable. The boy can, <laughs> can beat anyone. So, yeah, there you go. I've got, I'm going to start a new website, uh, WednesdayTopTrumpsTactics.com. I'm probably a podcast as well. <laughs> Can't wait. This is just getting better. So, everyone, right, it is time to go to bed. That is the first time I've hosted anything since my stint on Regency FM Clay Cross's premier radio station back in 2006. So thank you for being gentle with me. I've been Victoria. You can find me on Sky TV, obviously, or in the Riverside Cafe on Catch Bar Lane before and after a game. Thank you for listening, and we will see you real soon. the 90th minute you've got all your mates round you've got your McNugget share boxes coming down the left wing ready to go your mates already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points back of the net Lubosh automatic delivery now on the McDonald's app you in? at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com for more information see you later this podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.